Now, you know, we are going through the book of James, and we're in the last chapter for our guest. Today, we're going to talk about the theology of prayer. And so we want to ask you, that's the title of today's message, what is your theology on prayer? What is your theology on prayer? Now, in every circumstance of life, we must go to the Lord. Let's pick up in James chapter 5, where we left off, verse 13. That's where we're starting today. Is any among you suffering? One translation may say afflicted. It means the same thing. Then he must pray. Is any one cheerful? He is to sing praises. Now let's amplify this verse a little. I thought I was going to get to, through all 20 verses today, but so far in my notes I didn't get to but one verse. So, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, okay? If we run out of, if we have a lot of time left, I can, I can teach through the rest of them, but um, I don't think we're going to run out of time. I have four pages of notes, so I don't think we're going to run out of time. Suffering, afflictions, what is he talking about? Is it among any among you suffering? What is he talking about? See, to suffer or to be afflicted is to be weak, to be infirm, to be um, lacking in physical strength. That's what it means. It can be in the body. It can be in the mind. And you can suffer, uh, um, suffer because of diseases or the consequences thereof. Now, what are some of the reasons why people would be weak, why they'd be sick? Uh, one could be because you have a physical ailment that um, something's wrong, and, and medically, uh, people you know go to the doctor and hospitals and they try to help you in the, the, the area. So medically, we know we can we can be weak, sick, diseased. We know that probably nutritionally we can be weak because if you don't eat right, the right type of foods, then, of course, as time goes on, you're not going to be nutritionally sound because we, were, we came from the earth, and so therefore we need what's in the earth to keep us strong. And the earth is not what it used to be, uh, and the food is not what it used to be. So therefore, you have to start thinking nutritionally. It'll help you also. You can also be weak or infirm because of a spirit of infirmity. Because we do have spirits. The scripture call them unclean spirits. That they affect people. Now, I don't believe that Christians can be uh, demon-possessed, so... If your theology is that you do, then that's not ours. You know, we, we don't think Christians can be um, demon-possessed. We, we, we have a king and a lord, and he's not going to share this temple with anybody. You know? We're in an unclean spirit. So, but un- unsaved people can. Now, what about Christians, though? Can they be affected by unclean spirits? Yeah. Absolutely. We can be affected. You know, <laughs> when I was in the hospital, I think um, my wife told me, you know, uh, Miss Dorsey didn't even visit me. You know, she said, <laughs> she said, she said, Miss Dorsey, she's not coming to the hospital and catch all this stuff they got in there. You know, <laughs> I was okay. <laughs> you know, you can pick up some stuff. You know, you get, you, get, you go to the uh, mental ward in, in, in places, you can pick up some stuff. There are unclean spirits around. You can be in the wrong places, and you can, be sub- you can subject yourself to unclean spirits. 
And they're not possessing you, they're just affecting you. you know? Now, I'm, I'm telling you the truth now, whether you believe it or not. And so, some of you who don't believe that you should pray against uh, demons or, or unclean spirits, some people are not going to be strong unless you pray and you deal with that unclean spirit. Some people, they're, they're sick most of the time but because of the uh, spirit of infirmity. You must realize that your theology must include all these things because if, if it doesn't, then you're going to be a partial person that you say, well, you know, the doctor said he can't do anything, so therefore nothing can be done. And that's not true. That's not what I read in my Bible. That's not what Jesus did. So therefore, that's not what we're going to do here. Pray. We said that let him pray if they are suffering. Let him pray. Well, if you're going to pray, then what are you going to do? Who are you going to pray to? Scripture tells us who we pray to. We're going to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other name that you're going to pray for. So don't be praying in, in somebody's mama's name. Don't be praying in, you know, all this. I'm telling you, because some of you from backgrounds that you know, well, you know, his mama has more, you know, has some pool. You know, so I'm going to pray in Jesus' mama name. Hey, don't you do that. You know, don't you do that. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. That's important. That's important. So you got to know how to pray. Praying is just really talking to God. That's all it is, talking to God. And when you talk to God, when you petition God, God will answer. It says that if you're cheerful, what does the word cheerful mean? If you're cheerful, that means you have a, a good attitude of, of mind. That means that you feel pretty good, you know. You're not really depressed and, and all down in the dumps, you know. It's like somebody just uh, told you that, hey, the government is giving everybody a million dollars. And if it were true, I believe that you would be cheerful. <laughs> I believe you'd be cheerful. Matter of fact now, matter of fact, I heard that the government is giving money away. You know, I heard that. Did y'all hear that? You didn't hear it? Well, I'm not going to tell you then. I'm not going to tell you, you know. If I tell you the truth, will you, will you, will you, uh, you know, would you take me out to lunch if I tell you the truth? <laughs> really, I'm, I'm serious. You know they, you know they give them money away for first-time homeowners. You know that, right? But I heard, I heard that somebody said, you know, you know how that duck goes on. <laughs> if you're cheerful, sing praises, sing praises. You say, well, hmm. What do it mean, sing praises? Well, back when they first started talking about singing praises, they were talking about really on string instruments. That's what they were talking about. But it came to mean to sing um, like psalms. You know, you see a psalm in, in the scriptures there in the psalms, the book of psalms. You see, you, you have here, uh, it evolved to that, singing psalms with string instruments. Then it came to me, you can sing something with or without it. It doesn't matter. Just sing praises to the Lord. So he said, if you're cheerful, sing praises. And I, I assume everyone was cheerful today because we were singing to the Lord. Right? Everybody was cheerful. And you need to be cheerful because we have a lot to be cheerful for. Regardless of our circumstances, and we're going to have so many various circumstances. And I think James told us that in chapter 1. What did he tell us to do in chapter 1, verse 2? I know you haven't memorized. You, you know, uh, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> don't, I, I hear pages turning. I don't know why I hear pages turning. You know, <laughs> He says that you consider all joy when you encounter various trials, right? Now, so we know we're going to encounter. He didn't say if you might. 
you know, we're going to encounter various trials in our life. So what we have to do, then realize that, that since these trials are going to come, we need to glorify God in these trials. See, it's very important to glorify God. Very important to do that. And so what we want to do is realize that I don't see the circumstances going to come. And so I want to live a life that will glorify God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3 will tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it says something to the effect that, uh, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Now, what does that tell me? That tells me regardless of the circumstance I'm in, I need to walk through those circumstances, in that circumstance, in a manner worthy of which I've been called. Because God called us out of darkness. He translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have all these promises of God. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have all the messenger angels. We have the warring angels for, on our side. We have Jesus on our side. We have the Father on our side, who's the creator of all things. So he's telling us to walk in a manner worthy of a calling. Okay? With all what? Huh? With all what? Humility. Gentleness. Depending on what verb you use, because of that meekness. Wilf, what's that word we were talking about last week? Long suffering, right? Forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So, regardless of what you're going through, don't take it out on me. Don't take it out on, on your mate. Don't take it out on your dog. Don't take it out on your children. Don't take it out on your next door neighbor. Don't take it out on your employees or employer. You know, you want to, or your coworkers, you want to pray. What's your theology of prayer? Trials, afflictions, persecutions, all these things should draw us closer to God, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? Sometimes when these trials and, and these um, situations come in our lives, what we do is move away from God because we think God allowed this, so therefore he's not good. That's bad theology. Okay, bad theology. God is good. How often? Just because... He didn't intervene just because you went through something. It doesn't mean that he's not good. He is good. You say, well, why didn't he intervene? Why did he allow this to happen? I don't know. And you might not ever know. But one thing for sure, he will use it and turn it for your good. Yeah. Same thing happened to Job. Job didn't know why he was going through the situation. God didn't tell him either. God just told him who, who he was. I'm this, I'm that. In other words, because can you do this, Job? Can you do this? Let me see you do this. Can you do this? Well, if Job can't do any of those things, why complain? You know? How many of you can turn your hair black when it turns white without that? <laughs> Without coloring. <laughs> Modern technology. <laughs> yeah. We can't do it, yeah. Can't do it. How many when you when you when you uh, brush or comb your hair you lose hair in it and you go and you say, Hey, I'll get back on his head. How many of you can do it and they get back up there, jump right back up there? Yeah. We can't do it, can we? God can. He can. God is good. What's your theology on prayer? Because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have a, if you don't have a good one now, it's going to affect the rest of this chapter. 
It, it really will. Because he's going to be talking about some things here that you say, oh, my goodness, you know. You know, some people really don't believe that prayer works. They really don't. Now, do you know that, that, that you can have a theology that prayer works? You can have a head knowledge that prayer works, but you don't believe prayer works. You don't walk it out. Do you know what I'm, what I'm talking about? How many, of you, how many of you really go through things? Okay, half of us. Okay. <laughs> you see, I know that if I really truly believe that prayer works, I will be a man of prayer. If you really believe that prayer works, you'll be a, a person of prayer. They'll be calling you, that's a prayer person right there. That person, almighty in prayer. Because we have enough to pray about, don't we? But usually, usually now, the prayer room is the smallest attended room, you know, in any church. I don't care what the size. It can be a church of 20,000. It really doesn't matter, you know. It's still the smallest attendant room. You see? They can have 200 in the prayer room. Sometimes you can go to another church. And they say, man, we had, man, we had two, 200 people in here, you know. Oh, you did, you know. And we only have two in ours, you know. How many people do they have? You know, they have 2,000 people. Well, then they don't have that much then, do they? You know, 10%. What's 10% of 2,000? Hmm? What's, what's 10% of 200? Huh? Okay. So the church who have 20 in a prayer room, the person who have 200, about the same, isn't it? If you have 1%, you know, um, so some, most churches have about 1% of people in prayer. Because I believe that most people don't really believe that prayer works. I mean, you say it, and you, you even put a note on a prayer door, pray for me. <laughs> but you really should be praying, you should be in there praying for somebody else, right? We should be praying for ourselves. We should be praying for our children. It's so much to pray for, we'll be called people of prayer. Because our theology says prayer works. It works. Yeah. It works. What is theology? That's a, you know, I've been using talks in that world around theology. I've, I've uh, explained it to you before. But if you look in the, in the Greek uh, at the word God, you know, you have God. You look in the Greek and see what, what is God? What is, what's, the, what's the Greek equivalent of God? And what would you come up with? Theos. And so, really, uh, theology is only words about God, because Logos is in there, too. But uh, it's only words about God, that's all. Words about God. That's what theology is. Words about God. So, what are the words about God that you have? That's what I'm asking. If I ask you about doctrine, what's your doctrine of prayer? What do I mean by that? What's your doctrine of prayer? Doctrine is just instructional teachings. That's all it is. But what it is is that if I ask you about your doctrine of prayer, everything is said about prayer, the handle is that you can pick all that up is a handle that's called doctrine. That's what it is. If I ask you about your doctrine of, of the Trinity, it's all the teaching about the Trinity is that the handle is called the doctrine. Okay? That's all it is. Okay? It's a handle which you can, you can grasp everything with. So if you, if you get a book and say, I want, I want to know some doctrines, then it's going to have different doctrines, different teachings, all in one place, 
And they're going to say, this is a doctrine of godliness. This is a doctrine of God. This is a doctrine of man. This is a doctrine of holiness. This is a doctrine of the Trinity. This is a doctrine of prayer. That's all it is. It's just a, uh, teachings. That's all together pulled from every place in the Bible on prayer. That's what it is. What do you believe about prayer? That's what I'm asking today. What do you believe about, about, about prayer? Because we go to the second verse, the second verse is after 13 and 14. It's going to be hard for you to even go there. And most people don't, matter of fact. They know it's in the Bible, but they don't do it. Because they don't have this doctrine, this theology right on prayer. So I'm spending a little time here today just explaining to us that it is important to know what your theology is. Do you realize that that people sometimes, they have a theology about something that's really not true? You know, it's really not true. Because they don't understand that. They, they, you know, they go by their experiences or their, their lack of experiences. And they say, this is what I believe. They'll go by what somebody tell them, some instruction, some doctrine. They, they tell them. And we don't, they have false doctrines also. And it's in the church. It was in the church then and it's in the church now. So you have to know what the Bible says. You have to go to this word of God yourself to find out this, what, what it's saying because it may sound really, really good, but it might be totally wrong. And somebody could be teaching you that. Yeah. R.C. Sproul, who's a professional theologian, he says that every Christian, every Christian is a theologian has theology, in other words. Not a professional, but they just believe certain things about God. So if you don't know what you believe about God, then you can be off. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 and look there. Let's start in verse 18. You say, well, you know... How am I going to know what's right and what's wrong? Because you might be teaching me false doctrine up there from, you know, putting yourself, you know. How would I know? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God, it's the theology now, words back in the days, they're supposed to know about the God is evident within them. Do you believe that? That God has already put things for us to find out about him that are true and evident. It's evident. For God made it evident to them. So I don't care how unrighteous, how ungodly a person is, they know about God. They really do. It's evident. Plain. Plain. Verse 20. For since the creation of the world, the invisible attributes, his invisible attributes now, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, clearly seen, being understood through what he has, what has been made so that they are without excuse. Is it going to be anyone without excuse? I don't care whether they get the gospel in their native language or whether they don't. No one is going to be, the way I read this, no one is going to be without excuse when we stand before the judgment seat of God. It's going to be, we're going to have no excuse. That God, I didn't know. I didn't know. Have you ever said that before to the highway patrolman? (laughs) I didn't know. 
I thought. And he, he smiled at you and just keep on writing. Keep on writing, you know. <laughs> For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they b- became fruitile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. And this is from um, the scripture. God says that we're going to be without excuse, that we know him. So no one should really be telling us some crazy theology about, you know, well, there's no need to keep praying about something because, you know, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. If he doesn't, he, he, he's not going to do it, you know. It sounds like, you know, you know that, that makes sense, you know. He's God. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. So why, why keep bugging him about the same thing, you know. That sounds good. But it's just as wrong as two left shoes. Yeah? It really is. On one person's feet. <laughs> it's just wrong. It's just wrong, you know? Because my word, the word of God doesn't tell me that there's no need to pray. God knows what you have need of before you even ask, so why pray? You could take part of a scripture out of context, and then have said, does this, this sound the, theology? Doesn't it say that? Doesn't it say that God has knowledge of, you know, what you need before you even ask? That's in Matthew. Yeah. But he's not talking about that, is he? He's not talking about prayer, don't ask. You see? He's talking about don't be worrying. <laughs> you know, don't be concerned and anxious about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, all those type of things. We had to have a sound theology. Let's look in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 6 through 8. Eat thou not the bread of him who have an evil eye, neither desire his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You've heard that part of that verse. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with you. The morsel which you have eaten shall be vomited up. And lose thy sweet words. Now to think is to weigh heavily, is to meditate on in your mind is 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 going down into the inner being of your mind where it becomes uh life to you and we have thoughts that that have become life to us and we walk those thoughts out some thoughts are true some are wrong it de- it depends upon you know what you believe and whether what you believe is the word of God, which is true. Okay? Because if you believe something that's corrupted, you're gonna you're gonna walk out corruption. Do you understand that? You know, if you if you believe that uh, like let's say immorality, and we say, Well, you know, I'm free. Uh, God's told me that, that I'm free. You know? Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. That's a scripture, isn't it? But it's not meant for us to uh, use our freedom for, you know, immorality, is it? But you can think that immorality is okay. The world thinks immorality is okay, doesn't it? And we can think it's okay. You know? We can think you can, uh, it's okay as long as I don't go this far. Okay. As long as I don't do that, I'm okay. Because I know he said don't do that. But if I can do it, I can do everything else, you know. No, that's not the scripture. The heart of the matter is 
God wants a holy vessel, doesn't he? Okay. So what you believe is very important. Let me go through some statements here. You know, you can affirm sound theology and live unsound lives. Sound theology, therefore, is not enough to live a godly life. Even though we're talking about sound theology, you can have a sound theology, but it's not going to be all that you need to live a godly life. It really isn't. You're going to have to add some things to that. I don't think you're going to be able to live a, a sound, godly life if you have bad theology, though. I really don't think you are in certain areas of your life. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. Because I think that, that your theology is going to uh, create problems for you, especially in, in areas of immorality and things of that nature. What you should pray for, what you shouldn't pray for, and things of that nature. So let's go to areas on prayer, talking to God. Prayer is not a position. It's not a position. So that means that I don't have to be on my knees with my arms stretched out like maybe Daniel did to be praying. I can pray like Hannah prayed. Hannah prayed, and did Eli hear, hear the words that she said? No, he didn't hear the words she said. He, he, she, he saw her lips moving. But he didn't know what she was saying. He thought she was maybe drinking or something like that. So, uh, but she was praying. You can pray in your mind. Nobody hears you. It'll be silent. Nobody hears you. But, but God hears you. You know God hears you. Because God knows every thought that you have. So we don't have to look pious and look so you know, holy in a position of prayer to pray. We can just pray. You don't have to have King James English, you know, to pray. You know? We can just have old bad southern English. <laughs> and still pray, you know? We can pray. You know? He knows. Now God talks to us in many ways, because when you pray, surely you want to hear something, don't you? Okay. Well, he talks to us in many ways. He talks to us, uh, one, one way, a sure way is through, it's called the Word of God, through Scripture. He, he speaks to us through Scripture. So if you don't get in Scripture, guess what? You don't miss one way that God's talking to you. Already. He's talking, but you want, you, you don't want to hear him. You don't tune him out in that area. He also talks to us through the Holy Spirit, doesn't he? And the Holy Spirit, he told the Spirit, he, he'll be telling us something. The Holy Spirit doesn't, you know, he, he usually doesn't talk real loud. He just, he just, it's just a thought to come through your mind. You know? And Satan sends thoughts through your mind, too. Right? Our flesh sends thoughts through our mind. You know, I mean, the world sends thoughts through your mind. We got a lot of thoughts coming through our mind, don't we? So we had to know what thoughts are from God. Well, if we don't know the word, guess what? You are not going to know what's from God and what's not from God. Because this is the only thing that's true. Is the Bible. Anything else is not necessarily true. So me standing up here telling you things, if you don't read your Bible, then you are not very smart. Because you're not even testing to see whether those things be so. I want you to test these things to see whether they're so. These notes that I have here, these four pages, is really five. I just got rid of one. But it was, it was before I came, you know. But you can download this, go to our website, click on audio messages. You can get the audio and you can download it and you can go to the Bible and say, I'm going to see whether he's... He's right when he says it's right here, because I don't know what he's right. You can get you a concordance. Now, he says something about over here. Check me out. Most gladly check me out. I want you to. You'll be unwise if you don't. 
Because if you don't check me out, you're not going to check the person out on TV either. You're not going to check the person out that you listen to on CD. After a while, you're going to believe some anything, you know. And I don't want you to do that. Whether it comes from me or one of the elders or from anything you hear, I want you to, I want you to be like a Berean Christian. Search the scriptures daily to see whether those things be so. And that's what they did for the Apostle Paul. They, they searched the scriptures. Okay. He also speaks to us through circumstances, doesn't he? Yeah. Some people don't listen to circumstances. I, I ask questions about circumstances. Yeah. When something happens, and, and, and this thing, I said, man, God, this is, not, this is not one of these promises I see on this Bible. What is going on? I want to know. And so my circumstances, I said, okay, God, now I'm asking you about the circumstances. Why did, did this happen? I want to know. Now, we know, that, we know that he might not answer you, right? Because he didn't answer Job, did he? So he might not answer in that way, okay? I might get it through a message. I might get it through my reading the word of God. I might get it through a, a CD message. I might get it through, you know, a message by somebody on TV. I might get it from a friend. I might get it from, uh, I'm, you might get it from just the trees. Really? Tr- Why are y'all laughing? I see y'all don't hear God. Elder Sam, you need to get them some, some, some uh, well, I better not call them tapes. Because my young people there, they get upset when I say cassette tapes. <laughs> get them some, uh, get, uh, get those, ta- CD, those tapes into CDs and get them to the congregation on hearing the voice of God. They're laughing at, at hearing God from the trees. The trees talk. The birds talk. All of creation, the things that God created, speaks. Speaks. And we used to teach that to some of uh, the people who've been here long enough that have been mentoring. You know, they, 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 they'll be watching that stuff, you know. Mail truck comes out of the house. They say, hmm, it's God speaking. You know? Really? God can be speaking. Honestly now, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. He can be speaking. You know? He can speak to you through your, your pet. I'm serious. Now if your pet start talking, then you run. <laughs> you cast that, you cast that demon out. <laughs> you know, but you still, he, they, they speak. Okay, they can speak. They can speak to you. you know? I'm serious. But you're going to have to learn how, as the elder Sam said, connect the dots. You know, some people don't connect the dots. Because when I say connect the dots, you know, do you get a visual image of what I'm talking about, connecting dots? Have you ever, um, uh, when you were small, um, they had these pictures that you can draw. They were already drawn, but you have to connect the dots. And you have to, you know, go from dot to dot. They'll tell you which dot to connect. This, this, and then after you finish connecting the dot, then it's a picture. Okay. You all remember that when you all were young? Yo, how old are you all? <laughs> well, I know somebody remember that, you know. Alice, you remember back then. Third, yeah, Alice remember. <laughs> yeah, back then. Goose, you remember. Don't you be looking at glory. You remember that back in the days, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that stuff now, you know. Now, this is a computer age, see? They, they, they didn't have that stuff when, when, when I was growing up. When Good and I was growing up, and Alex and Elder Sam, you know, <laughs> when we were growing up, they didn't, they, they didn't have that stuff, you know? So we had to connect dots to get, get, to get our pictures, our images. See? <laughs> Let's look at Genesis, chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, and he said to him, where, where are you? Where are you? And he said, you know, that, of course, you, you know, the, the story basically, uh, uh, said, you know, I'm in the trees, you know, I'm hiding here. Why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. Why are you, who told you you're naked? 
So, does God talk to did God talk to Adam from from the very beginning when man first when He created man? Do you realize that God wanted to talk to him? He wanted to talk to him. You know, why would God be walking in the cool of the day? You know, because that's a, that's a good time to be walking and strolling and talking, isn't it? The sun not hot, you know, on your head. Yeah. Uh, so, how many of you like to walk in the sun when it's a hundred degrees? Nobody, if you my complexion, you know. <laughs> now, if you want a suntan, some some of y'all, you know, uh, lighter saints, you, you might want suntans, you know. And I don't walk. I walk in the cool of the day, you know. Say, so I read in the scripture. So I said, I'm gonna be like God. Yeah. Genesis four six. And then God said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you've driven me out out, out from, the, from the face of the ground, from, from the face I'm hidden, and I'll be a wanderer on the earth. If somebody find me, they're going to kill me. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken out on him sevenfold. In other words, Cain had a conversation with God. Now Cain was not in good right standing with the Lord at this time, was he? He had already murdered somebody, didn't he? Who did he murder? His brother. Okay. But God still talked to him, didn't he? Don't ever have a theology that that um well, I'm in sin, I know I'm in sin, so therefore there's no need to go talk to God. That's what you will get in your head from Satan, but it's not from God. Your theology better be, when I'm in sin, I better run to God and get this thing right quick. Because he will talk to me. And the enemy will tell you, he's not going to talk to you. He doesn't want to see you. He doesn't even like you, you know. You messed up. You sin, and you're going to expect God to talk to you. God doesn't talk to sinners. He talked to righteous persons. He said, uh, well, that's another scripture for next week. That, you know, he hears the prayers of the righteous one, you know. So, so Satan will quote all these scriptures, and you say, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not going to pray then. I'm not going to seek God because he probably doesn't want to hear me. He probably doesn't want to talk to me. You know, he told me uh, uh, to memorize through, the, through the, uh, the pastor and the leaders, you know, he said, memorize 12 scriptures. I haven't memorized not one. You know, I haven't been to a prayer time. I haven't done those things. I don't have no devotional time. I haven't done anything. Matter of fact, I don't even know what he told me because I don't even, I don't, I don't know. So don't even, don't even go talk to God until you get this thing right. You're supposed to tell him, no, 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 no. The Lord wants to talk to me. He talked to Cain. He talked to, he talked to, uh, Adam. He will talk to me. You know? That's what, how your theology should be. Isn't that true? Yeah. Okay. God answers prayers. First John 5, 14 to 15. And this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything, oh, this is a good scripture. This is a great scripture memorization for you. If you ask anything, what, according to his will, he hears you. And if, and if we know he heard us, we know we have the, what, the request or the petition of those things we asked of him. We know we have this thing because I've asked according to his will. The word says that. First John 5. That's a great scripture memorization. How can I know, how can I have confidence that God is going to answer my prayer? How do I I know that I know that I know he's going to answer my prayer? How do you know that he's going to answer your prayer? How do you know for sure? Do you know? I'm I'm going to ask you a question. Really, do you know for sure that every time... You pray, God will answer you. Do you have confidence that that happened? I have confidence that every time I pray, he's going to answer. Every time. Because I know how to pray. Okay? How do I pray? According to his will. Right? According to his will. Then next week we'll go over, not next week, but week after next, we'll go over some hindrances to your prayer life 
Because the word still tells me, even though I pray according to his will and he does hear me, he tells me there are some ways that you can mess up your prayer life. And I want to know those ways. So I know what to do and what not to do. That's very important because I want my prayers answered. Look in your bulletin. You should have a bulletin. It is yellow. And in your bulletin, it tells you, I put some scriptures of God's names in here. See, God reveals himself in many ways. But one way you can help your prayer life is that you know who God is. You know who he is. And it says here that God is our creator. He's our creator. If, there's no way that you're not going to pay any attention, no attention whatsoever, to a child that you birth. You're going to listen to that child. Even though that child might be rebellious, you're still going to listen because you want to help that child, don't you? Our creator wants to help us. He wants us to to be just like he created us to be. That's what he wants. So he'll do what it takes. He's our father. What's number three? He's our supply. Can y'all read? Okay, just ask him. So, because I realize I don't want to embarrass you. you see. Can y'all read French? Okay, I didn't, that's why I didn't put it in French, see? So I had discernment. He's our master, isn't he? He's our louder. He's our he's our he's our he's our he's our he's our and he is everywhere, wherever we are. He's there. It, this helps our prayer life when you know God's names, you know, so you can take that, you know, you can put it in your Bible. You know, all you have to do is just uh, staple it right there, you know, staple that. It's, and you got it right there. So it can help your prayer life. It's very important, okay, to know those things. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. If, if prayer was not important, why would the Holy Spirit be interceding for us? Let's look at Romans. Chapter 8, verse 26-27. And in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Jesus intercedes for us, doesn't he? If prayer wasn't important, Jesus would not be interceding for us. And it says in Romans 8.34, Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who also does what? Intercedes for us. Hebrews 7.24-25 says, But he, on the other hand, because he abides forever, holds his priesthood permanently, Hence also, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lived to make what? Intercession for them. He's ever interceding for us. It's very important that we have a right theology on prayer, that we know what prayer does, because we are going to be called people of prayer. That's what we're going to be called, people of prayer. That's what I want you to be called. When, when your children, when people, your, your co-workers, they say, that's a, that's, that's a woman of prayer right there. That's a man of prayer right there. That's what they be, should be calling you, you know? Is that, that correct? Right. How many of you know, uh, have you ever heard of the Wiener Stand? They have about two or three in Lynchburg. Have you ever heard of it? The Wiener Stand? Do you ever go there to uh, 
Get a steak? Y'all probably don't even go there. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's why. You know. If you go to Red Lobster, you're not going there because you want Italian food, are you? No. Mm-hmm. I, I like the I like the place called that. The, you know, Pancake House. I like that. Pancakes House. They got all sorts of what. Pancakes. We are supposed to be called a house of prayer. Why? Because this is what we do. I mean, this is who we are. Every single person has a house, your temple. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. Okay, that's what it's supposed to be. And so I'm trying to encourage us today that we need to pray, we need to be people of prayer, and that we have to have a right theology on prayer because when we get to verse 14, it's going to start telling us to do something. It's going to start telling us. And as we get along there, you can say, oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah? So it's important to learn about that. The next time we uh, I teach what we're going to teach on it's probably what is your theology on healing? On healing. How many of you know if you don't have a right theology on healing, you might not get healed? Right? Okay? Important now. Important. See, because there are all sorts of theologies out there. there are all sorts of doctrines out there about healing. But I want you to have the right one. You say, well, well, how do I know you're going to teach us the right one? You know, because I have taught you to dig in the word of God, right? And if you don't think this is true, you're in the wrong place, okay? You need to go to the pancake house, you know? <laughs> you know? Because that word is true. We believe in the inerrant word of God. That's what we believe in here. Okay? Whatever it says in the right context now, in the right context, it's so. We believe it is so. Period. Okay? Next week, what we're going to do is have some testimonies. I told you that last week. We're going to have some testimonies. And if you have some testimonies, I've had um, uh, one call from a person. They had a testimony. And then one person told me they had a testimony. They would like to give. That's two people. I want some testimonies. If God's not good, then... You shouldn't have a testimony about the goodness of God. This is Thanksgiving coming up. You know? So we want you to be uh, to, to tell other people, because it's, it's something when the body starts talking, you know. Oh, it's, it's good. You, know, you don't get many opportunities to come up here and talk now. Okay? Uh, so this is an opportunity. Okay? Don't be bashful. Uh, let us know. Now you say, well, suppose everybody want to talk. Well, it's okay, you know. We have... We have to Thanksgiving, okay? Uh, and Sunday is the 22nd. And, and I think Thanksgiving is the 20-what? Sixth. So we can, we can listen to all y'all, okay? Really. And we can, we can narrow it down to everybody get 15 seconds if we've got about 20 or 30 people, you know? Okay? Uh, but I want, I, want, I, want you to be, I want you to be bold, because if you're not willing to testify to him, about him, you know, why in the world is he going he gonna to testify about you. Okay, so what you want is to let us know uh, so we can put you down on, 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 the, uh, on the outline that we're going to call you up. Okay? How many of you have a, a testimony of how good God is? Has God been good to anybody? Just anybody in this place this year? Hmm? Okay. One, two, three, four. Let me raise your hand again. Okay, now we've got more hands up. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Now, do you, are you willing to come up here and, and tell the rest of the body how good God was? See, because we're telling the angels, we're telling the demons, and, and we're gonna have, we're gonna have music going on. Uh, we're gonna, we, uh, Alex, we're gonna, we're gonna shorten the worship time. Okay? Uh, so if you get here late, you missed it. Okay? Uh, so let's, let's do about 15 minutes of worship. Okay? And then what we're going to have is worship 
spread out through the, through the service. Eh? So we have, um, uh, we, we'll do a little homily, then we will uh, have some testimonies, and then we'll break out into praise, you know. Hey, this is what I want. What I want you to do, I saw it, I saw it yesterday on TV. I did. It was a football game. And they were, they, you know how everybody has a fight song, but it's about, you know, when they, when they score a touchdown, they, they had a fight song, you know. And they, they, they had a special song, you know. Well, this, this team, they have a, it's, it's, you, it's just music. It's no words, just music. And it's fast music. And all these people in the stands were jumping up and down. I'm serious. I mean, they, they were just doing like this. That's what they're doing. I mean, they, they did that from the time it was a touchdown until the time the kickoff was again. They just did that. And then some of the players on the sideline were just jumping. I mean, they were, they were just, they were excited. I mean, they were excited because they said it was a touchdown. I looked at that. I said, they ought to be shaming themselves because you get that same, same group in the church and we said, okay, we're going to, Come on, we're gonna jump them down. We're gonna have some fun. They got, they'll look at each other. Oh, we're in the wrong place, you know. <laughs> the wrong place, boy, you know. I don't know why. Church is supposed to be the happiest place that you can be. You know, it's supposed to be a time where you can let your head out. You can, you can jump, you know. You can, some of you can't let it down because you don't have it, you know. <laughs> but you, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to have, be able to have fun in church in a wholesome way. You belong. You know, uh, so therefore, that's what we're going to do next week. And we're going to have Chad leading that. Okay, we're going to have, because he, he, he likes the words. He's young enough to jump down and say, <laughs> and Chad, we're going we're to do that now. Okay. And so we know some of the worship team going to be in the, in the, uh, the Rangers and Impact Minister downstairs. We know some of the worship team going to be there, but we don't, we don't need about one or two. All we need is uh, some music, you know, um, Stella, are you down? Are you downstairs? Okay, we got we got three, you know, and so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just have some fun, and then we're gonna have communion, okay? Because what what better time is to have communion? Because we're so thankful that our souls have been saved, and our names are written in the Lamb Book of Life, right? Okay, let's stand. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, is so good to us, Lord. You're so good to us. And that's why we pray, Lord, because we are praying to a good God. We believe in you, Lord. And we know you believe in us. If there's anyone here today that you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, this is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Just raise your hand, put it back down, and we'll pray for you for the salvation of your soul because you want, you want to be saved. You want to be born again. You want to be brought out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the dear Son of our Father, Jesus Christ. Is anyone here that say, bold enough to say, I'm not, I'm not saved, would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand and put it back down? Is there anyone here that you say, you know, when you, when you receive communion, we're supposed to be right with the body. We're supposed to be right uh, with people outside the body. We're not supposed to be holding unforgiveness and all those type of things. And I know that I've been straying away from God. I want to come back today. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ because I, I, I got saved, but I just haven't been living for him. Would you pray for me? That's you. Just raise your hand and put it back down. We'd like to pray for you. Father, we thank you that we're going to have some fun next week, Lord. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. And those of you who are students who are going away to be with your loved ones at home, share Thanksgiving meal. We're asking you to take the Thanksgiving message to your relatives. Don't let it be about just eating turkey, cranberry sauce. 
Let it be about the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ. How thankful we are. And I just challenge you to ask the people around the table before they will take of the food to everybody just to say something to God, how thankful they are to what he's done. No telling what might happen on that table. Because the Holy Spirit loves for us to glorify God.